2: Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, February the 10th, 2016, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with nobody, but I am on the line with <laughs> Mr. Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Hey. Ms. Stephanie Cook. Hola. And Mr. Joey Pacino. Hey, yo. All right, so we are back here, guys. If the audio sounds a little different, it's because we're all at our, well, I mean, Joey and Stephanie are always at their respective residences. but (laughs) (laughs) But, uh bob steve and i are not recording in studio today there was talk of inclement weather didn't want to be driving home at 11 o'clock at night uh on bad roads, so we're all podcasting from our individual places here um so if things are a little different that that, that's why so just be gentle with with the audio quality for this week's show (laughs)
3: It's good, uh, is that good things though to make up for it
2: We do, we do We have an interview with Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction um, I predict it's going to be amazing It's wild
3: pretty, I, I feel like it's going to be pretty good But like I mean you can't ever go wrong with those two It's true
2: Yeah, It's true
3: um, But I couldn't possibly know Because I that know happened already uh,
2: I will say that in this interview I predict that me, Joey, and Steve Will talk way too much
0: that they'll be dude. you you really needed to stop me I don't know why you (laughs) let me make such an ass of
2: myself well I let you do it every other week Steve so why would I let you do it this week
4: oh surround
2: them man you know that it gets mean on Skype (laughs) I like
0: it I like
2: it I'm glaring at you
0: I should turn my camera on so you can see it
2: (laughs) this is where you learn that me the way I talk to Stephanie has nothing to do with Stephanie it's just I don't like talking to people on Skype so I'm very mean to them when I talk to them on
1: Skype (laughs) Yeah. Hazing. This is hazing.
4: Yes. <laughs> but Stephanie Sky picture is so lovely. There's a she's wearing a moose hat.
1: Yeah. How more Canadian.
2: stereotypically Canadian, Stephanie? <laughs> right. Um,
3: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Photoshop in some like maple leaves on my cheeks or something. There you go. That'd be good. There you go.
0: <laughs> I got <laughs> nothing for Joey. I don't even have that snazzy uh, JB that you have on yours, Bobby. Yeah. No, all I have is JB. I have like the the blue square. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have. <laughs> i'm not real <laughs> update your skype <laughs> <laughs> I'm it all Wonder woman yeah <laughs> none of this is real
2: none of this is real
3: um bobby i finally oh. started catching up with supergirl are you caught up are you watching it i actually i've only seen the pilot oh okay. yeah i know i'm crazy I'm, i just like literally before we started recording i finished the fourth episode and like it is did you cry no, no, but I, I like, cried. I cried. it's so good. It's like, it gives me those feelings that I got initially with The Flash too, where it was kind of like he, Grant Gustin was so charming and like really just embodied what you'd want in like a superhero. Mm-hmm. And like Supergirl gives me those same delightful feelings. Like I'm just rooting for her. Like you want her to be yeah. like the best and... It's so so endearing. I am like in love with this show and I'm like how did I let myself get like 12 episodes behind on this? It's so good. There's
2: a uh, there's a reason like a technical reason why I don't watch it. I I'm like a, I'm a what they call it, I guess a cord cutter when it comes to cable. So, you know, I only do, you know, Hulu and stuff like that and yeah. CBS shows aren't on Hulu. Oh. oh. So okay. So, I'm going to I've thought about buying the season on uh, on Vudu or something like that. Yeah, on VHS, exactly. <laughs> but, um, I've been taping them. I've been taping over old DeGrassi episodes. Yeah. So it's, oh, like, how dare you!
3: How dare you? Those are sacred.
2: Uh, uh, but I, 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 I'm looking forward to, especially because we've, of course, we've got the crossover coming with, uh, yeah, right. with uh, the Flash.
3: So. Um, and like tonight's episode of the Flash, uh, they go to Earth two. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty what? excited to watch that. Um, mm-hmm. but. I remember last week when I was talking about Arrow and how, like, joyful, like, not joyful, but, like, I'm like, oh, finally, they're, like, letting, like, Ollie have some, like, good times, mm-hmm. good times rule, like, literally the next episode, I'm like, what,
2: yes. like, I'm uh, done with
3: this again, like, the
2: stressing stuff is happening, yeah,
3: Arrow. I'm really, like, uh-huh. I, um, I finished off at the winter finale, I believe somebody, oh, had
2: told- okay, you haven't watched the episode since?
3: No. You should watch so the like,
2: episodes since then before you kind of make your judgment because they do some cool stuff. With,
3: okay, because yeah. I'm pretty angry right
2: now. <laughs> no, they do some cool stuff. I, I, I would give it at least... The maybe the episode after to see what, what where you're okay. where you're feeling about it. Yeah. I'm at
3: like episode ten or like whichever episode, I'm halfway through the episode after the winter finale. Yeah. And like I got halfway through it and I was like, ep- I was like, why can't we just have nice things? <laughs> <laughs> so then I started watching Supergirl instead and was gotcha. like, This is the delight I want in my life. Gotcha.
1: Um yeah. Joey, do you watch The Flash? I don't watch The Flash, no. But so- you guys talk it up all the time. I should really it's good. Jump on.
2: So this week they, they go to Earth Two, and whoever J- Joey, uh, Joey, that your name is Joey, Jesse L. <laughs> Martin's character, two? Jesse L. Martin's character is in Earth Call Two. It's? Yeah, it's good. but in Earth Two he's like a lounge singer.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it's Rent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so there's like an image of him singing, uh, and he's definitely going to sing in the episode. So. Oh
3: my God, I'm. Mm. Ugh. I, I'm, up I'm loving it. I'm loving all <laughs> of the
1: things. Um,
3: also, this is like huge and TV related, but like Brian Fuller is going to be the showrunner for Star Trek. It's true. It's true. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, I was really pulling for um, the monsters reboot. Like they were like going to try it again. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They were never going to try it again. No. But like my, in my heart of hearts, I want that to happen. But he's doing Star Trek, and I'm like.
5: What
2: yeah, he's a good like, choice. He's gotta start doing, I think, Deep Space Nine and yeah, Voyager,
3: I think, what yeah. do you start yep. doing?
4: Uh Bob, have you heard the story? i step. Uh I Carolyn sent it to me, Carolyn Coca. Mm-hmm. And uh I what I saw of pushing up daisies and dead like me, I really, really enjoyed. They're both very smart, very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh and hard shell- Hannibal? Oh, he did Hannibal? Yeah, I he did Hannibal, that. yeah. Certainly uh, heartfelt. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there a timeline on that Star Trek thing yet? Do like, they know? Do you mean like in the fiction
2: or when it will release? No, like, like when,
1: when, <laughs> when they're released.
2: Uh, I think it's supposed to be late
3: this year, early next year. I think that's oh. the. By the way, Brian Fuller's also writing the pilot on American Gods. He is, yeah, which is really cool. Wow. I had no idea, but yeah. like, I'm like so weirdly giddy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some of. Heroes, which I admit is you know a questionable. He did the thing good part of on Heroes, though. He did the yeah. first season.
2: He did. He yeah. he wrote the literally the best episode of that show. So yeah,
3: like the good shit and yeah. Wonderfalls, Bob. If you haven't seen Wonderfalls, you would love Wonderfalls. Mm. Like, mm. I I'm I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Like, I I I got the. um the press release from I think CBS today and I sent it to Hugh with just like probably like 15 oh my gods like and a lot of exclamation points and he was like yes I'm I'm gonna write this I'm doing something with it I know like I was like please <laughs> oh I'm excited <laughs> so yeah feels I'm, it's, it's gonna be great not even like that huge of a Trekkie. Like I've only really seen like the movies and like some episodes and I'm like stoked for this. So like, I can't even imagine if your worlds collide and you like have my love for Brian Fuller and Star Trek.
2: Very exciting. Those
3: are the mashing noises. <laughs>
2: I gotcha. I, 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 I could picture it. Cool. Uh, Joey, cool. have you been watching the X-Files reboot? No reboot. The, 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 season 10,
1: I guess. Dude, it's – the first couple episodes I was like – it's not the same. Well, obviously, it's not the same. Um, but the where the where lizard episode yeah. from last last year, last week was mm-hmm. was really spectacular. Um, what I will say, which is really funny, watching this show, I guess they're doing their their production in Canada, right? I think is, yeah, is I where think they're so. doing. I think they always done and that, right? I just blasted uh, about a month ago through Continuum, which was also based oh, in, yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah, so everything's like, filmed in all... Vancouver.
3: Battlestar, everything. Yeah. Outer Space is Vancouver.
1: All the actors in this show, I'm like, holy crap, that person was in Continuum, and that person was in Continuum, <laughs> yeah. and that person was in Continuum, so it's like, it's like, two, they're all comedian. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. Flash, I love iZombie. the X-Files, so.
3: They're all filmed there. Yeah. yeah. in too.
1: Uh, yeah, iZombie, too. There was a character in there. I was like, yep. that dude was in Continuum.
3: Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> iZombie, The Flash, like everything. Arrow uh, as
2: well, right? Pardon? Arrow as well, right?
3: Maybe, no, mm, yes, yes, because there's so. some things that are actually reused um from like flash, like the cafe. they repurpose that from like the flash and like arrow, and I'm like, mm, this looks familiar. <laughs> This this isn't Star City. Um, <laughs> this looks like Central City. <laughs> yes.
2: Don't try to pull the wool over my eyes. Um <laughs> You crazy uh, kids. So the Arrow usually does a, other than the wigs. Arrow usually does a very good job at like their, you know, their flashbacky stuff where like location-wise, uh-huh. you know, like it, fucking
3: they, island though. <laughs> I am so sick of that goddamn island. How many times can you send Ollie to the island? <laughs> but
2: anyway, not even story-wise. I'm talking about like they do a good job with locations and like making it look like it's somewhere else. They did a flashback this last two weeks ago, something like that, where it was supposed to be in Afghanistan. And it was like, mm. it, it was like, obviously just shot in like, I don't know, like a quarry in Vancouver because they like turned a <laughs> corner and all of a sudden there was like this huge lush, like, uh, <laughs> like a pine forest in the background. Um, and I was like, I don't think that's, that's geographically you, appropriate uh, for where we're supposed to notice, be.
3: Like, and this isn't a bad thing necessarily, but like, I feel like a lot of, um, the the footage from this past season um has been filmed with like gopros like That's i'm true. looking at it and I'm, like and it's a lot of the fight scenes and clearly like the um the cameraman is like trying to get in there and like get cool angles and all this stuff but i'm like what's this shaky cam gopro shit like come 2008. on 2008 <laughs> yeah apparently <sighs> um it the fight scenes are still really cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they did like a good job with the fight scenes. They they do the choreographers and um the stunt team is like really great. But I was like, what is up with this like footage quality? Like, yeah. what is happening? It's again, I've I've fallen off of it because curse you writers.
0: Um, Steve, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing just fine, Bobby. What's going on? Hanging out on my couch. I'm lounging actually.
2: Well, good for you.
0: Yes. I got my DC pajama pants on. Nice. My uh, My My Chemical Romance hoodie. Of course. And uh, some hot chocolate. I'm good.
2: It's a very (laughs) interesting combination of clothing items that you are wearing. I'm just being honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got (laughs) to represent. But I'm good. I don't know, man. Just hunkering down, getting ready for some more snow. I suppose.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be too bad. Um, It seems like the worst we would have gotten was on Monday, I guess, and it wasn't even that bad here. Yeah. Um, So everything is all right.
0: Uh, Um, I'm excited. I have Fire Watch and Unravel uh, ready to go later tonight after this. So nice. Can't wait to dig into those.
2: I finished The Witness. I know you did. Especially I'm my timeless. entire week. Was <laughs> playing that game. Um, and then I'll you definitely on. have to come on to the other show and talk about it. For I sure. will absolutely. All right. Um, I have much to say. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I could talk about that game for hours.
2: Yeah, but uh, this is not the show for that. This is the this is comic book podcast um we uh have our lightning rounds we have a, we're going to do our little book book discussion and then we'll get into that interview with with, with kelly sue and, and matt um which uh i have a prediction. Prediction. We already recorded it. Um, it's gonna. It's a nice, lengthy interview too. It's not nothing short. Sure we uh, about a, over an hour uh, of interview with them. So they were very. And there'll gener-
3: be some cool stuff if you happen to be a Patreon subscriber. It's
2: true. There's a little bit of. Little, we we asked them some questions that are exclusively for Patreon members. So yeah. that'll be going up uh, for the Patreon peeps. Uh, it should be up now if you're when you're listening to this. So what,
3: what level do you need to be at to you're, you're get putting, that? You're putting
2: me on the, the spot. I think it's going to be the the top level. Twenty five dollars are up. You are going to have to be because that's a uh, it's exclusive podcast stuff.
3: That's that's it's the pretty level. Cool, it's It's fun stuff, and there's more of that coming. Yes,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll try to do that with kind of every guest we have on. We'll try to get them, obviously, to do with how much time they have, but we'll try to make sure we get a couple questions just for Patreon peeps. So yeah. if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you head over there and, and, and check that thing out. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so this is going to be interesting, because only I can see the clock this time around for the lightning round. So oh, like no. Bob and Steve are at a different... Di- not that Bob or Steve ever really look at the clock, but... <laughs> um bob has his own internal clock and steve don't care about the clock i don't give a shit about clocks uh knows time i gotta get my uh my my, my timer up here
0: bobby yes
2: all right all right so let's uh let's throw it to stephanie first oh
1: god (laughs) yeah now you know now you know
3: Joey, I've been doing this show for like four years. I've known for a long time.
1: Hey, man, it's like a new day for me. I only have so many comebacks. Give me some. All right.
2: All right. You have three minutes, Stephanie, and go.
3: I read some things. Yeah. Um, okay, so I read uh, We Can Never Go Home. Uh, which is from Black Mask Studios. Uh, um, Matthew Rosenberg, Patrick Kinlan, and Josh Hood. Um, I freaking loved it. I loved the art. I loved the colors. I loved the story of these kind of, like, this one, like, fuck-up misfit dude who, like, sort of drags this popular girl down with him into his shit. And, like, she doesn't, you know, oppose it. Like, she's she's got her own demons. She unwittingly kind of gets involved in all of it too Um, but I I really like how their story progressed and carried forth after um, the initial stuff that really brings them together Um, and I mean what could possibly go wrong when you decide to team up like Bonnie and Clyde style and like rob drug dealers like what could possibly go wrong (laughs) Um, I've been uh, venturing into the Mignolaverse and um, reading some things like Baltimore, um, The Cult of the Red King, and I read some BPRD, um, A Cool Day in Hell. Um, both really cool. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Mignolaverse. Obviously, some things are a little bit better than others. And I didn't think these ones were like my favorite of Mignolaverse stories, but it was really cool to step out of my comfort zone as far as like the characters that you. And learn about like some more like Lord Baltimore um which was really cool. Uh I, I read Harrow County volume one which I'm not gonna go on about but it's like freaking great so spooky so awesome and Joey guess what else I read? I think I told uh, you
1: on Facebook. Giant Days?
3: Yeah I read volume one of Giant Days. Finally. And you loved it. It's I did love it. It's so freaking good. It's it's kind of like like 14A Lumberjanes, like so good. Uh, I, I really loved the story. I loved um, the, the kind of dynamic that they all had together and what kind of came from the sort of everyday college day um, experiences and how they turned it into uh, a story that didn't feel done a thousand times before. Uh, really, really solid, uh, solid book. Yep.
2: One might That's say it. one of the 10 best comics of 2015.
3: <laughs> yeah, but feel like Joey bullied me into that one for sure for being like, yeah, but like I, I'm a, it's, it's real good. Joey's just like, lock it in. It's locked in. We're done. It's there.
2: Hey, Steve yeah, and I were all over the giant days train for years. Oh, for Guys. years.
0: <laughs> Giant
2: is OG. Ought, ought five. <laughs> <laughs> um All right, great. So uh We Can Never Go Home, Giant Days, and what were the McNulliverse books you talked about, Seventy?
3: Uh, so I talked about um, Baltimore, The Red King, um and or sorry, no, the cult of the Red King. Um, and then BPRD Hell on Earth, um, A Cool Day in Hell
2: awesome awesome also uh i feel like you me and steve kind of were like just crossed like star crossed talking about we can never go home because we none of us ever read it around the same time yeah uh Uh, but it is super excellent
3: it's so good awesome yeah it was really great i I feel like i enjoyed it more having read it in trade yeah yeah i Uh, love
2: reading it in trade uh
3: like I, i i felt like i've read a few of the black mask things and they didn't break down really well into single issues um, they just kind of felt abrupt. Like kinda of like we the problem we had last year with like Butterfly, mm-hmm. Marguerite Bennett's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it it was awesome, but like didn't really break down really well in that sort of sense of like the archaea books are kind of meant to be read all in one sitting.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Absolutely.
3: So I, I'm I mean, I'm feel like I enjoyed it a lot more if I like this, had a, as opposed to having read it sure. um, as it came out.
2: Mm-hmm. The uh, the trade is really good too. It has a lot of g- great back matter. Well yeah, and there's like
3: lots of really cool designs. And yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's awesome.
2: It's neat. It's very neat. Um. All right, Steve. Yeah, you have three minutes,
0: sir, and go. So uh, I was in comicsology the other day, and I was actually cruising around. Magnetic Press and came across Gollum by LRNZ, uh, written and illustrated. I guess it's, uh, it's a handle. And I'm not going to talk about it much because I'll tell you what happened. I told Bob this the other night when we met at uh, Risa's. I sat down to read this. And it starts off with like this dude, like this uh, almost got like a, like a tech mogul guy talking about the state of technology and, and the people of the world and how. Like every last person is now connected to this uh, this network and you get this like real nefarious um, vibe about him. You don't trust him at all. And then the book, as you're turning the pages, goes black and then comes into this like completely different art style that is all gorgeous and like painterly. And a gunshot goes off and the book goes black again. And then the next several pages are actually like the character that you're seeing their perspective of their world coming into focus. And it was like this tremendous art overload, uh, for my brain at the time. And I actually had to like put it away and maybe save that conversation for another podcast. But just if you're cruising around on Comicsology and you come across Gollum, like even in the first like 15 pages, I was blown away. Um, so I'll talk about that again another time. But actually, in my mission to pick up books that are kind of on my back matter list, uh, Stephanie, I got Love the Tiger and Love the Fox. Yeah! (laughs) Holy crap. These books are amazing. They're amazing. The art is positively gorgeous. It's some of the best art I've ever seen really quick before I run out of time. It's basically, one of them is a story of a tiger And like, you are the tiger and you're hunting in the woods and you come across this like capybara that's uh, drinking by the water. And like, as a reader looking in on the tiger, like, you, you know, like he's mean and he's ferocious and he's gonna eat this thing and you feel bad for the capybara. And then like, that doesn't work out. And as the story keeps going, you keep being introduced to more things within the forest and you kind of get a sense of how like the life cycle works. And so then later when, like, the tiger is in danger, your whole perspective and, like, sympathy for him changes. And it's this, like, hundred-something page journey of all of these different things happening within this giant, like, rainforest. And getting really, really close and in tune to, like, nature and, and the, like, the pecking order between the animals in, like, the face of, like, natural disasters and being hunted and all this crazy stuff. And it is beautiful, it's intense, and there are no words, just pictures, and it's amazing. And everybody mm-hmm. should be there.
3: It. All right. So good. And they're doing, um, it's gonna be a trilogy. Nice. So I mean, they they all stand alone.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
3: They're like not in any way connected other than the fact that they're all goddamn animals. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but like they're they're Is going to be a third one to kind of wrap up all of it. And it's so
0: So beautiful. beautiful. Like I got really into the tiger one, like the psychology of, of that book. And then I started reading the fox one and I was like, this one's pretty cool too, but I don't know where we're going. And then they introduced the whole like volcano exploding thing. And the book just instantly became super harrowing. And like every page was so gorgeous. You couldn't help but be drawn into it.
5: Awesome. It's just
3: like this really interesting, like silent retrospective on <laughs> nature. It's like David Attenborough, like just like it's it's just his eyeballs, like yeah. looking around and being like, "Ooh, majestic."
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> as like as the reader, you're witness to all of these things. You follow specific animals through this story but you also get a sense of what other animals are going through as well. And like kind of like these off panels. And I mean, the, I, I can't even begin to describe the art. It is just so gorgeous. Um, so if you find it, read the hell out of it. It's so good.
2: Awesome, what, what, and, uh, run over the books you talked about again, Steve?
0: Uh, it's, they're both from Magnetic Press. Oh, they're all from Magnetic Press. Uh, the first one was Gollum, and the uh, other two are Love the Tiger, and love the Fox.
2: All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Bob, are you mm-hmm. ready? Yes, sir. All right. You have three minutes, sir. And go.
4: Well, starting off, uh, Captain Marvel number two, Michelle Pesekis, Tara Butters, Chris Anka. Second issue to me was much like the first. Not awful, but certainly not memorable either. For me, there's kind of a feeling maybe too much of it, that someone's going down a Captain Marvel checklist. This should be in a Captain Marvel book, and that should uh, really like the character, so I'm hanging in, but Carol's appearances in Ultimates and A-Force are just so satisfying that I think this book really needs to step up, and maybe that'll happen in the next next issue. Howard the Duck, number four, uh, which I predict will be talked about, well, at least Chip Zdarsky will be talked about somewhere along the way, Joe Canonis. Very Cosmic Tale features a new character named Scout who's acquired a portion of the Power Cosmic by bashing Alicia Masters on the head and stealing a statue. And as an audition to be Galactus's herald, she's going to present Howard the Duck to him as a gift. Uh, tons of guest appearances and what seems to be two different versions of The Collector for us old-timers and people from the movies. And just really round out a, a tremendously fun issue. To the mystic side of Marvel, there were two books that continue to be very solid. Doctor Strange, number five. Jason Aaron, Chris Bocciolo brings us deeper into the cost that Doctor Strange has to pay to try to save Earth's magic against tremendous odds. Uh, artwork just completely insane as usual. and The story is just perfect as, as a contrast to it in cases. We're really playing against the art in some ways works here. Finally, there's James Robinson's Scarlet Witch number 3, and this time around, with art by Steve, Dillon and Chris Visions, uh, who does the final sequence, and he'll be doing the next issue. And here again, we're now dealing with magic being broken a little bit, but uh, here the backstory, which will move forward as we go, is Declan Dane, the Emerald Warlock, who was in, introduced in that Uncanny Avengers annual, and... He, uh, Wanda's trying to rid the Emerald Isle of a curse that's actually poisoning the land itself. He's following her around. I'm sure he's got some really nefarious schemes of his own, but only James Robinson knows for sure. I know anyone still picking up Scarlet Witch or am I on the, uh, I have have picked it up,
0: but I have not read the third issue yet, but I'm looking
4: forward to it. Anybody else on that one?
2: Uh no. no, Bob. I'm I'm going to read it. I just have not read the last two. I have both that's, of them. Okay. Hmm.
4: That's that's all I got.
2: All right, Bob. Again, not all the way all the way across the the line and you still didn't go over your time. Okay.
0: So,
5: <laughs> can
2: I
0: um can I actually ask Bob a question? Of course. Sure. Thank you. Um you mentioned some hesitations with Captain Marvel number 2.
5: Mhm.
0: Okay. Was one of those hesitations the panel in which um, Captain Marvel actually um, threatened somebody with yeah. with death? Okay. That, that's one of them. Yeah. I wasn't going to say that out loud. Yes, that's one of them. Yeah. yeah. I thought that that was very – that struck me as very odd when I was reading it. Like I kind of had to like pump the brakes and go back and read it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um I don't know. There were some, there were some questionable, I mean, of course the character is going to change with the creator, but I just, I thought that that choice of words was very, um, just bizarre, jarring.
4: Well, to me that strikes as, okay, she's a military person. She's this Colonel and she's going to be as tough as nails, which means she's now Thunderbolt Ross all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. A little put off by that. Uh, there's there's an interesting sequence near the end that is, again, something we're revisiting Yeah, from the first arc. So, again, it, it's still a really great character. It may just be that these people need to find their footing, uh, Ms. Vizekas and Ms. Butters, because they do a fabulous job with Agent Carter. Mm. So I, I think we need more of the sensibilities that Peggy Carter has. She is certainly as tough as Carol was, just without superpowers. So there's a way I think that this book can recapture what it needs to. But again, as you're saying, it's new creators with a new voice. Right. And I'm hanging in. And thankfully, Marvel yeah. will for at least two more years until the movie comes out. So I mean,
0: it's, it's one of those things that like when I read that book, I can't help but have you in mind because of, of your attachment to it and stuff. So but I see like almost like Bob Trigger words. I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like, I wonder, I wonder if this got past
4: the uh, the Bob-o-meter. <laughs> Uh meter. Uh, uh, no, you you were dead on target. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, you, know, I mean, this is this is not me saying I think Captain Marvel slash Carol Danvers should kill, but as a soldier, I mean, I would think that I would think that the a certain amount of I guess justified force is not it's not outside of her realm because if you' signed to be a soldier at some point you're signing up with the with with the kind of you know that you mm-hmm. might have to do that at one point or at one point right. or another you oh, know?
4: absolutely but it, it seemed like before the the line that was sort of be crossed even in the toughest moments was sort of I'll wreck you kind of attitude not I'll mm-hmm. end you mm-hmm. and right. just, It's subtle, but what you're saying is absolutely true, Bobby. I think he just, um, it's someone finding how this character would say that in a way that doesn't come off as the punisher.
0: Right, I right, mean, it's right, yeah, also yeah. me putting like a, a single word under the microscope for the sake of a conversation. You no, know? absolutely. Like, no. And I'm not what? saying,
2: I, I, have, I haven't read the issue, so I'm not saying that the way it was presented was the right way to present it. I was just saying as more of a general concept, mm-hmm. you know, the idea mm-hmm. of, because it's, it, it's interesting to think about with certain characters, right? Because Carol is that way. Steve Rogers is that way in, in some fashion. You sign to be right. a soldier, like he doesn't want to kill anybody, but you sign up with the... With, with the sort of knowledge that you might have to do that. so it's interesting dichotomy with these characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, as opposed to someone who is just sort of like you know, a, a Batman character or a Superman character or you know a, all man Peter Parker, all manner of people who are just mm-hmm. sort of um some of the normal people who have bad things happen to them, et cetera. They don't mm-hmm. have sort of that training or that sort of expectation for, in their lives that right. characters who are military do.
0: This is also like a character that's close to us, so of course we're going to be, you know, looking at it a bit more closely than say maybe some other stuff like or some like stuff that's been going on for a while, and you're kind of used to the rhythm. With it being like the first couple issues, you really want to feel it out to know if you're going to, you know, continue to uh, to support and be interested in the character.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the line in question is: either of you touch her, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, the facial expression that goes with it, it's. To complete anger and yeah this is not yeah. i mean there are, there
0: are the plenty end. of there's plenty of carol moments in there too and there, you they, yes. know so there's more of that stuff than there isn't of that stuff but it was just mm-hmm. that was the one thing that i was reading it and i'm kind of like going along going along and then i was kind of like whoa all right sure and and then it closed it closed oddly I thought because of that.
4: Yes. Okay. Now, yeah. now, here's the thing with, with you mentioning Steve Rogers in the reminder run, you know, the dimension Z stuff where he threatens Arnim Zola's daughter at the, and the issue ends with him holding a gun to her head and firing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Um, and in that same issue, he flung his shield through someone's head. It's like, I, you know, look in world war Two. In those original books he probably killed more Nazi soldiers than there were Nazi soldiers <laughs> <laughs> um, you know there were lots of them to go around back then he once we came out of the war once he was brought back in the 60s there was never something that cap did when you know when Baron Zemo who had killed Bucky died it was't it was by accident mm-hmm. cap was there but he didn't do it and uh, I think all the years that I can recall reading Captain America, the one that stuck out, he killed Baron Blood, the immortal vampire, who had killed you know 30 people in the issue in question. It was a, it couldn't be stopped, and it was tough for him, and he reacted badly, and everyone around him was appalled. And it was even Captain America killing a vampire was holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? He was affected by it for a couple of issues that followed. So. um the, the cap is of the two different periods changed that dramatically.
2: Right, right. This is a point I wanted to bring up because I was thinking about mm-hmm. it because I had read it somewhere. The thing about Steve and not necessarily that he should kill or that like he wants to kill, but there's a different aspect to his character than other things. So I just wanted to bring it up, Joey. I so, know in the email chain you had said that you had something you wanted to say about Captain Marvel, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I felt very much the same way. Um, not so much for the the character kind of being off in terms of the language and things like that um that's hasn't been my my concern with the first two issues at least so much i mean she still has some very um carol danversy's quips there's a great one about her haircut in here that i think is yeah. one of the best moments in the book um my problem with with two not necessarily a problem but uh, i just couldn't i couldn't I found the, the pacing of it and the story that was being told, the actual narrative of it, the actual plotting of it, just a little bit hard to to follow and a little bit intangible. And, you know, my concerns with issue one were that it was lacking a sort of thematic core. So I went into issue two with like, all right, well, you know what? At least maybe I can just enjoy this story and kind of just back into the sci-fi actioniness of it. But, you know, even with issue two, I still couldn't, grasp and couldn't kind of follow along with the kind of turns that it was it was taking um, uh, particularly in the last the last sequence, too. So um, yeah, it just it hasn't really it hasn't really hit for me yet. Uh, not so much in the case of you know, it's not what it used to be, but just in case of you know another book, a book that you know I want to be interested in it just hasn't it just hasn't grabbed me yet. It's beautiful. I mean, that's one thing that I think is still, a plus for it. It's just a really pretty book. What Chris Hanka is doing visually is just insane um, and really impressive. So, and he gets to kind of stretch those muscles when they kind of go into the ship, this issue, but is that going to be enough to sustain it for another three, four books, Mm -hmm. uh, three, four issues at this price? I don't know.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Joey, we'll keep in with you talking. I'm putting three minutes on the clock here.
1: Uh, Oh God. And go. Okay, so um, I read another Ryan Ferrier book this week, Kennel Block Blues, number one from uh, Boom, Ryan Ferrier, art by Daniel Bayliss, colors by Adam Metcalf, and letters by Colin Bell, who has quickly become one of my favorite letterers in the biz. Um, kennel Block Blues is basically like your favorite prison comedy show, Orange is the New Black, or Shawshank Redemption is not a prison comedy. I don't know why I said that, but I guess it's kind of funny. Um, it's basically Oz. That, ex- Yeah, Oz, yeah, except with, um, with animals, anthropomorphic animal characters. Um, dogs, cats, and lizards are the gangs, not, you know, the uh, Aryan Nation or something like that. Um, but we have fantastic, fantastic artwork. Daniel Bayliss, the diversity of the animals that he's using. It's the bodies are so realistic and natural, and then you just like a dog head on top, which is <laughs> which is really fun to look at. It's creative, it's engaging. Um, our protagonist Oliver classic kind of, you know, I don't belong here, this is a wrong incarceration, and he kind of has to get indoctrinated into the gangs, and he goes with the dogs, and the dogs are against the cats, and there's a conspiracy with the lizards and things like that. Um, But what makes it the Kennel Block Blues is to cope with the very harsh, brutal realism of being in the kennel, Um, Oliver sings. He sings songs, and when that happens, Bayliss twists the artwork to this very kind of disney cartoonish aesthetic lined up with uh, – or rather juxtaposed with the kind of uh, dark prison storyline that's going on. It's, it's really fun and it's really engaging um, and really creative. So Farrier keeps doing some really, really good work. Um, my other comic book isn't a comic book. It's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which <laughs> came out in the theaters this week. Did anybody see it? No, just no. me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. spectacular. Uh, directed by and written by Burst ears based on the, the book Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Written by Graham, Seth Graham Smith, who wrote Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, it's very much Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is exactly what you would think. Um, it was very – it stayed true to the novel, which I liked as an English teacher, but obviously with those zombies in it too, it was really, really cool. The cast is great. Lily James, Dance, Matt Smith, Danny Houston. It's like Boardwalk Empire, Game of Thrones – British actors, Doctor Who, fighting zombies, but also falling in love and trying to be independent women while trying to fall in love too, right? Um, so it's it's really cool. If you like Pride and Prejudice, if you like zombies, if you want to see them together, go for it. Man. Good timing, Joey.
0: Good one. Dude, that book sounds amazing. Yeah, I haven't read
1: the book, but so I went – No, no, to no, the-, the Kennel Block Blues. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kennel Block Blues, yeah. It's really uh, cool. It's really sounds cool. It's up my alley. I got to check that out. And it's like for the first couple of pages, you're like, these. it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy because the the figure work is so realistic and there's diversity of body types. There's like hmm. big guys and small little. But then there's just a cat head. On have top. you read The Autumnlands by any chance? No, I have not. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You should
2: read The Autumnlands.
0: Yeah, dude. It's
2: really good. Yeah. Uh Kurt Busick and uh uh the artist his last name is Dewey, I think.
1: Oh wait, I have that on my comixology account. It's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really,
2: really great. Uh not obviously not the same sort of humor as what you're talking about, but great
1: anthropomorphized animals. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's so and like he'll start singing and the song is like, I don't belong in the kennel, haha. And then, like, people are getting shanked in the background. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and it's, like, Disney-style art? Well, when he starts singing, yes. Oh, my and, God. And then the next panel will be, like, a lizard mopping up, you know, whatever.
0: All right. I'm sold. <laughs> it's nuts, <laughs> I'm man. Sold. My, my my lightning round for next week is settled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because like I read several Ryan Ferrier books over the last couple of weeks. I don't know why he just kind of comes into my list, and every one is is different in terms of the concept, in terms of the kind of central kind of idea of it, which is which is great to see, you know.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, kennel block blues and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Hey man, for your, your entries. No, I think the I saw the trailer, and I think I mean, they've been trying to make that movie for years at this point. I, it's had so many starts and stops over yeah, the last like couple it was of like years.
3: Natalie Portman at first, yeah, too. Natalie yeah. Portman.
2: And yeah. they had another kind of a bigger director attached to it, and it's gone through a, a, a bunch of different kind of permutations, and now it's finally out. Uh, it got decent reviews, didn't do very well at the box office, though.
1: Oh, I did not expect it to, yeah. but I was in that theater loving it.
3: <laughs> I know like Charlie Jane Anders did a review of it, and like. She said that it was really good, but like it it had these moments when it took itself too seriously and the best parts of it were when it was silly and having fun because it's called Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. And like they just focused a lot, she said, on um, trying to make it Pride and Prejudice. And yeah. she said when they did the, like threw that out the door and were just like, Let's like make this crazy. That was like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. See, like, and, and part of it, I guess maybe it is just me kind of like, oh, this is like the novel, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but with a zombie in the background. You know, there's <laughs> like, I was in, I love that part of it, I kind of enjoyed, but I could see how if you go in, and it was funny because like the guys who walked in after me, I think we're expecting like a zombie movie. And I don't think they enjoyed it as much as I did.
2: Right. I mean, the, the, the book is basically, didn't he just take pride and prejudice and add those things into it? Correct. Yeah. So it's interesting. Interesting thing. Um, I don't really have a lightning round this week. Um, uh, I only, thing I would talk about is the newest issue. Paper girls was, was great. Continues to be great. One of my favorite, I think issues so far, uh, of, of, of that book. Um, and, on the non non-comic book front, inspired by Joey, I've been uh, whenever I get in the mood to to write something, I like to read or listen to the audiobook of a Stephen King book because uh, it gets me kind of inspired. And so I've been listening to Bazaar of Bad Dreams, which is his newest short story. Oh collection. nice. Uh, and it's been really good so far. Uh, really, really good so far. The audiobook is great. Uh, ton of different people who uh, who are doing the readings on it. I'm listening to a story right now that's uh, narrated by Dylan Baker. Um, but uh, it's been really great and it's amazing that he's 62 years old and uh, he still puts out really, really high quality quality stuff. So I've just been enjoying that, but'm I'm, I'm just at the beginning of that 17 hour journey of the audiobook, so <laughs> only about three hours in. So I got, I got a lot to go. Um, but other than that and and uh, reading the and playing the witness, I, ha- I have I read a couple of books, but we talked about Dr. Strange. Bob talked about Dr. Strange, uh, really excellent. One of my favorite issues, I think so far. Of, of, of the group um and uh really excited to see how that series sort of keeps going and and uh continues to yeah. be the great piece of comic book fiction that it is so yeah really cool about that but uh let's talk about some books more in depth um uh bob you got a you got a number two book on here you got a you got a a force number two
4: I have A-Force number two. It's Kelly Thompson with G. Willow Wilson. Kelly Thompson will be taking over as sole writer coming very soon. She has a lovely essay at the back talking about how you follow someone uh, as amazing as G. Willow Wilson. Uh, Jorge Molina on the art, Laura Martin on the colors. This actually completely addresses this post-Secret Wars universe in a really, really clever way. The new character who was introduced in the miniseries, Singularity, has come to our universe looking for help for some major goings on. Don't want to spoil too much of that. But she discovers the women that she knew in Arcadia don't know her at all and basically don't know each other either. So it's this interesting combination of it's all familiar, but yet it's all new, except we're seeing it through the eyes of Singularity. He's just such an amazing new character. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives each of the women here a moment to shine. And uh, so if, if you love Medusa or what, or whether it was She-Hulk, you have that. You also have a lovely moment for Dazzler, who now has an interesting new job. She's a roller derby skater. Which, okay, I'm I'm all on board for that. <laughs> It's, act, it's mm-hmm. action-packed, but still very character-driven at the same time. Tons of humor. Artwork is amazing. Just an absolutely fun book. And I'll tell you, between Ultimates, which I've, I've been loving Al Ewing's work over there, and A-Force, my Avengers dance card is pretty well filled with really good books without touching the real ones mm-hmm. or really <laughs> being engaged in the real Avengers books so far. so i don't know how anyone else reading a force
0: yeah I, i i caught up with that this week as well and uh it was fantastic i really 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 love uh singularity new character she is just adorable and and i love the way that she kind of went around involving every uh you know all these different team members in each other's lives and bringing them together and the even like the the definition of powers and like what like if you're new to the series and you didn't read the Secret Wars stuff, but you started with this, like everybody gets their chance to shine as as far as their power set and stuff like that. Like you have Medusa using her hair in crazy ways, yeah. She-Hulk doing like all of her, you know, strong woman stuff. We get some cool stuff from Nico. And um yeah, I mean we've been talking about how we're not really reading the mainline Avengers book, but it's like you said last week, Bob, how this book is kind of filling that gap. And after reading the second issue, I definitely feel the same. Awesome. And Anybody,
4: yeah. Anybody else um, on board so far with A Force? I'm trying
3: to read, finish the um, Battle World A Force before getting into this. And like, I, I realize I can probably just jump in, but like, on a personal level, I just want to finish it. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> in, this, in this, one case, this works both ways. Just as Steve said, you can jump in here and really get something out of this. But the underlying emotion, particularly with the singularity character, that would come through from reading the mini series first. Go the way you're going, Stephanie. You really you'll get so much more out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Finish that. I like me. it.
3: Cool. Noted. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um cool yeah i i haven't uh i have not not started reading it yet um it's kind of not it's just not fitting into like the the time sure my my reading time uh for the week but definitely something that i'll check out if continues to hold up i mean you continue to talk highly of it bob um so steve you were you were reading something that i think we've all well at least a few, most of us have read at least some of over over the past couple of years, as it's come out digitally, but they collected it in a big, beautiful collector's edition this year. Uh, yeah. How you enjoying the private eye?
0: It was good, man. <laughs> it was real good. It's uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos Martin, and Munsa Vicente. It is. How do I put this? It's
3: really it's good. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's like Saga in that it's Brian K. Vaughn, right? So you're you're talking about a writer who has this way of just creating and establishing fully realized fully lived in worlds right from the beginning like even if you just read the first issue you just you can see the 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 grand scope and like the populace of this crazy crazy future where all of our information all of our privacy, all of our photos, all of our, our, you know, digital memories were, were all uploaded into this cloud and the cloud broke and basically took everybody's privacy and, and showed it to the world. I think and you mean so, the so cloud pri-
3: broke and our privacy rained
0: down. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but like,
3: Oh, so, what?
0: <laughs> so, You know, everybody's stuff is out there for everyone to see and so so mortified are we that everybody then undergoes this massive change where they take on uh, personas or like avatars and basically to hide themselves and to hide their identities and only reveal them to those of which they choose. Everybody goes by like an online handle instead of their given birth names. And like the media has become the police and if you want to, if you want to, like search the internet, it has to be done through like the government stores your your searches in this giant bank vault like thing, and um, essentially society kind of like righted itself in a way, and everybody's used to used to living this way now. But there's somebody who wants to disrupt uh, the peace, if you will, by by creating this uh, elaborate plot. And what you have is a PI who meets uh, a woman whose sister has been murdered and she's been murdered by the person in charge of this like nefarious plot. And you are following these two characters as they kind of uncover the mystery and even reveal more stuff about the society in which they live. And I just I really enjoyed the hell out of it as you know, somebody who participates in a lot of social media and just has like a whole other life inside of a computer. If everybody's like stuff was to be exposed, if everybody was to be viewed for who they really are in private, might not have a whole lot of friends left, like depending on, on what your flavor of the week is. And that idea and that reality that if all that stuff was out for everyone to see how much the world would recoil is very uh, interesting to me, especially when it's set in this kind of like noir blade runner type of, of world. And, and, and it's, uh, just absolutely insane. The, the, the artwork is fantastic. It really captures the tone of the story. It's super, super colorful. Um, all the different people walking around with their different avatars and some of them have butterfly wings. Some of them have like insect heads, other ones. It's very Summer
3: Wars like that.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. That's a really good comparison, Steph. Totally. I
3: I, I felt like you'd appreciate that much.
0: Yeah. No, that's exactly what it's like. And, um, and there's a lot of like, oh shit moments too, where like you're going through the story and there'll be a twist in it that you just you don't see coming and you you turn the page and it's like what um i have the deluxe like hardcover print edition so it's like it's a it's a long book it's not like your standard you know shelf or whatever it feels fits very awkwardly on my shelf it's one of my only complaints um it juts out from the rest of the bookcase so i can't close the second uh like stand up window thing but um it's positively gorgeous. The, the presentation, it's almost like looking at, well, like reading a comic in widescreen. And um, yeah, if anybody can get their hands on this or even even buy it digitally, um, it's positively awesome. And it, it's, you know, very much in line with the quality that Brian K. Vaughn and, and Marcos Martin have produced in the past. And it, it's just super, super cool.
3: And in line with, um... The sort of image deluxe editions. This is like two volumes. This is the first and second. Yes. Um, in the deluxe, it's like ten issues or something. Indeed. Awesome,
2: awesome. Yeah, it is a oddly uh, shaped volume. Mm-hmm. For sure. For
0: sure. I'll let you borrow it if you want.
2: Absolutely, I do. Want, I do definitely want to read it. Um, yeah, I think you'll love it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Very cool. Um, I think the uh, kind of like last thing of our, we have, I know Steve, Joey, and I all want to talk about this book, which is something we've been waiting for for uh, a while to come out, which is Spider Man number one. Um, yeah. From Brian Michael yeah. Bendis, uh, Sarah Pacelli, Justin Ponzer. Um, finally, uh, Miles Morales, um, you know, getting his solo book in the, I guess, what is it called now? Earth Prime? yes so earth prime now prime no prime earth prime earth sorry prime
4: earth yeah earth prime what was the DC,
2: yeah. dc right right Superboy punching through yep. the page right so that's <laughs> <laughs> um Throwback. that's that, that's that's dc uh prime earth which uh it's weird not to say i got so used to saying the 616 it's not the not the case anymore um the though one. i'm sure one day it will be again at some point uh But yeah, Miles popping in here and, you know, I I wasn't... First of all, we apparently had to wait for this book for a very long time because Secret Wars had to be over before they would release this book. After the first issue, I'm not really sure why that's the case since I don't think it really gives much away other than Miles being in the Prime Earth, uh, which we all already knew, obviously, anyway. Uh, But it really kind of throws you in with kind of Miles. Um, I have not... I didn't really keep up with all of the... uh, the ultimate side of things so steve you'll have to correct me if, I, if i'm wrong here but yeah. it seems like just kind of other than maybe the school that he's going through or whatever kind of throwing miles kind of business as usual type of type of stuff like it felt like you know there wasn't a lot of explanation about where miles was or he or i guess everyone doesn't realize that they're from alternate earths in in, in this post secret wars world but yeah. it's sort of just like here we go we're in and miles is a is a kid in new york city and we're off to the races with his kind of story as spider-man everything that kind of happened before seems to have happened there's a lot of kind of i think i don't think you need to have read that stuff to enjoy this book but there is definitely intonations of the stuff that came before
0: right i mean i i don't know if joey wants to start in i mean i have i have a lot of thoughts about this book okay
1: joey why don't you start out um i'm kind of in the same boat as you i I read the first uh, i guess volume of the ultimate Comics stuff and i got a sense of his story but the next you know 40 issues or so or however many bendis did after that i didn't really keep up with so i actually really enjoyed being dropped in to the action here um uh you know I, i know that Miles Morales is Spider-Man, you know, Mm -hmm. side note, I also just love that the book is called Spider-Man. I think that's really significant and really cool that he gets the book called Spider-Man. Um, but you know, I liked being dropped in the action and, and then even being flashed back from that action kind of, uh, um, into his, his everyday life, getting introduced to the supporting cast and the relationship, just in a few short panels, short scenes, you, you understand these relationships. You understand the, the, um, you understand the relationship with his mother and the relationship with his best friend and, and his interests as a high school student and his challenges as a high school student. What I think this issue does really well then is you get, the climate you get the atmosphere you get the character and i'm assuming or maybe i'm hoping that in the first few issues we get more into that but in terms of the first issue being dropped into the action i understand the relationships i get the characters i get the voice and it's beautiful sarah Pacelli's work is just stunning justin Ponser on colors is just gorgeous from top to bottom um it's like just one of the most dynamic books, you know, I've read in in the last couple of days. It's it's very super heroic and it has that feeling uh from start to finish. Do I wish that I kind of knew more about Miles Morales than I did? Yeah, but I don't feel like that prevented me from really enjoying this book. Yeah, no,
2: I totally agree with you. I I I wasn't meaning to to sort of what I was saying as a as a dig against the book because I I I feel like if you pick up this book, kind of not knowing the sort of ups and downs and sort of drama, I guess, of when the book was supposed to come out and, and what it was waiting for, I think you could read this book and just be like, okay, this is a kid. He's obviously Spider-Man. He's not the Spider-Man I know, but I'm sure we'll we'll figure out why he's Spider-Man and he has his friend and he kind of lives this life. I think the book does a very good job of setting up. Uh, You know, uh, uh, on some level, who Miles is and sort of what's going on. Um, And obviously, with sort of what happens at the end, uh, you're automatically given the... You you know that there is... He's not the only Spider-Man, obviously. Mm. So I liked that as well. It sort of brought those things in there. And I agree with you. It's an absolutely gorgeous-looking book. Uh, Obviously, uh, Bendis and Pacelli started, you know... um, the Miles as Spider-Man uh, in the Ultimate Universe, and they're here again, bringing him into into the the main universe. And the book is gorgeous, and I I think Bendis proves again that this is the character he was sort of I think uh, born to write, and that's saying something of of a, of a writer who has written every character and has done great runs on many of them. You know, so I feel like this is sort of this is I don't know. There's something magic about the way he writes th- this character to me. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Steve, what what are some of your many thoughts? <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I I enjoyed it. I I really having Sarah Picelli back on uh, Miles is just th- thrilling, and her her renditions of um, we didn't mention the the character that is a threat in this book, mm-hmm. but he looks. Amazingly cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I There are things about it that I, I'm kind of questioning, like as somebody who's read um, the entire Ultimate Run and to the end and looking at where we are at the start of this book, I'm kind of questioning just how much they remember and how much exists because there are two like really glaring things in this issue that are not addressed they're just there and by all rights if everything that happened before like the change then then they shouldn't be here
2: right but everything that didn't happen before the change did, didn't happen you know i mean there there's there, they've always said there's going to be certain things that did certain things that didn't it's yeah. sort of a refresh uh, at least to some some extent yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, on the
0: characters, like Genki, like they they even they even make it a point of mentioning it at the start of the book that like Genki is really the only one that knows that he's Spider Man, and in like the previous run, there there was someone else that that knew, and it went very bad uh, for Miles. I really like the the Spider Man moments with him in this book, but I I kind of felt like some of the stuff with him talking with Genki about um just dating and girls in general like I know he's a high school kid but shallow is never a word that I would have used in the past to describe Miles and I kind of felt like he came off a bit shallow in this in this particular issue
2: he came off Hmm. to me like a teenager you know I mean I I I said stuff like that when I was a teenager you know what I mean it's like yeah I, I, I think that if you're gonna try to be authentic you can't make them perfect And uh, I feel like the book strives to at least in some way make him seem authentic um, as a person. That's just that's just for me. I mean, that's that's how I felt
0: about it. So what about what about his like his mom shows up in this in this book and he's got a he's got a, you know, a a relationship with her, Mm -hmm. obviously, and all this stuff. But I mean, I guess I just have to train my brain to also reset and kind of forget certain things that happened because miles's mom in the original run was very much a part of his origin story mm-hmm. mm. and she's only in the book for so long and when stuff happens to her it's really like i talked about it when we were talking about favorite arcs and stuff i think it was maybe last week that that was really like a character defining moment for me that's when he became the ultimate Spider-Man or just a Spider-Man was after all of that stuff happened. And now here she is back in this book. And if like, I'm supposed to retrain my brain to pretend like that never
1: happened. Well, I mean, I guess you got like three options, right. In terms of just the storytelling here. And this is kind of the challenge of the whole, what is it? Prime earth Earth prime prime earth. It's like either a, we just kind of operate like that never happened, like you're saying. B. He remembers suddenly through some story arc happens, and those memories come rushing back, and that That's kind of creates cool. a different yeah. thing. Or C. They retread and do the arc again. Mm-hmm. You know. So like, I guess this is kind of the challenge of the the new universe, especially for. Uh, it's really interesting to hear you talk about you know this the the character in this moment because it's like. You obviously see it as such a, a character-defining moment, and if that moment has gone away, what does yeah. that mean for the character? You know, so well, like how they treat that and how they move forward, I think is interesting. Yeah. I think part of it is Bendis and Pacelli are clearly still working on the book, so I'm assuming that you know right. they've thought about this. So it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how they treat that. Oh, I have.
0: Yeah, forward. I mean, I have confidence in in that team, and I have confidence in in Brian Michael Bendis too to write it well and to either write well around it or find a way to reintroduce it. Like, trust is is, is not an issue here. I just, you know, if you talk about moments for, for comic book characters, like if you think about Spider-Man and that issue where he's got like the brick wall on top of him and he he remembers something that Uncle Ben or somebody said to him and he lifts it up and it's, you know, technically something that he might not be able to do, but he musters the courage and the strength to do it in that moment. That was a very Spider-Man moment. The the end of the the end of the Venom Wars arc in Ultimate uh, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, like that was him lifting up the the wall.
5: Yeah.
0: In, in in the time that he's been around, you know, I'm sure there'll be something down the road that'll probably be more momentous and and more akin to the actual feat of lifting a wall. But as far as like defining moments of character, that was a huge moment for him and then for me to walk into this book and i'm like turning the page turning the page and then all of a sudden she's just there hmm. and i'm like whoa whoa Oh, whoa, whoa okay and then and then to leave to leave the issue with like with no kind of i don't need like a full-blown explanation but i'd be curious if like your second option comes to fruition where they're going to he's gonna like start to remember pieces of the old life or something like that. Like, I think that would psychologically would be really cool.
1: Yeah. So, you know, know, know. if Spidey, yeah. If Peter Parker gets uncle Ben back, you know, what does that mean? Or gets the memory of that, you know? Right. So like, that'd be interesting. Or they retread it option C and mm -hmm. then we're like, what the hell? You know, (laughs) I just, I mean, I I just want to end like positively. I am
0: so, so excited that this book is finally out and that Miles is back. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really excited to see what else they do with this book and uh, and again I love the, I love the villain. Mm-hmm. I I've always wanted to see that that villain in uh in like something that I'm I'm actively reading at the time and uh, he looks great.
2: Yeah, uh, it's fascinating too, Because right? since Bendis created the character, it, mm-hmm. it's we don't have a lot of these situations right in 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 the big two comics you know you don't you get like you know villains created by certain people but you don't get a lot of you know this this creator created this big two character kind of thing where like basically whatever he whatever he writes for him is like this is who he is you know, there's no, like, yeah. it's a weird thing to be like, well, it's not written the way that he should be written. Because what well, Brian Michael Benz would be like, well, I, I decide how he should be written. Cause <laughs> no, I, no, that's I, still, you started, make a very
0: good
6: point. I created him.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's interesting. I'm not even really going off of your point, Steve, about kind of like the shallowness. It's just, I was just thinking about it um, kind of tangen- tangentially off of what you said, yeah. where it's like, you know, a lot of times, and rightfully so, um, we'll point out sort of the inconsistencies in character. But at a certain point with someone who's created a character, it's just sort of, you know, we might not like the direction it goes, but in the end, it's like they're they've sort of mapped out who this person is in the, right. in, in their own ways. Right. Um, and
0: it's it's I'll oh, go. Ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, it's OK. I was gonna say it's I think it's an exceptionally strong entry into yeah. in, into the Marvel Universe. And I'm very, very pumped to see how this character weaves himself out and in, I was very excited to read all the different Avengers. We talked about that last week with him in it and it didn't really pan out the way I wanted it to. Uh, and so now we have him ready to go. Solo book. Brian Michael Bennis says somebody else can write, uh, miles Morales when they prime from my cold dead hand. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that goes. Awesome. Yeah.
4: yeah totally
2: uh bob you didn't read it right i don't want to No, i haven't caught up
4: yet but you haven't spoiled anything so don't worry uh
2: interesting it's a good read i I would be interested to hear your take uh, on it um and how you felt kind of not knowing a ton about you know not having read that that original miles stuff Mm -hmm. seeing how you sort of you took to the the character or you know how easy it was for you to understand or or whatever yeah yeah for
4: me except i did read the spider-man which i really enjoyed oh yeah so Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: okay Cool. Yeah, Spider Man was great. That was that was a great miniseries, yeah. um, and I like the, I like the the end of um, the the issue too. I think it's a good way to end it. Uh, mm. Very kind of open ended. Could be you know sort of taken multiple ways, which I mm. which I enjoy.
1: Uh, Is issue two coming out next week or soon? Can uh know? you know I'm not sure uh, when it's when it because I know everything. they've been doing that with the Marvel relaunch right it's like issue one and then come back next week or yeah, two weeks uh, from now for issue two
2: yeah they, they have been doing that that's absolutely true i'm gonna see if i can find it really quick um no i don't want to read about 2004's spider-man 2 that's not what i want to read about <laughs> <laughs> um i'll try i'll try to find it but uh yeah so i think that's it for kind of our, our, our lightning rounds and our, our books of the week uh we're uh we're gonna take a little break we're gonna come back with uh kelly sue and matt um and usually what I do here is I'll be like, oh, we'll stop, and then we'll act like the interview happened, and then we'll be like, oh, that was great, and then we'll say our goodbyes. But we'll, we should just run off sort of our, our handles and stuff now and give you information, and then we'll sort of just go out after the interview, because we went out on a pretty a pretty good point with the, with the interview, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you guys want to reach us, it's at Talking Comics uh, on, on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash Talking Comics, and podcast at TalkingComics.com, And of course, TalkingComics.com is where you can go for all of our reviews, columns, and bevy of podcasts check those out review them uh, comment star them uh you know the more attention that other people see it is getting the better rankings we can get the better and go support us on the patreon if, if you if you are so generous uh if you want to reach out to us personally i am at bobby shortle on on twitter steve
0: i am at dead underscore anchorus.
2: joey at joey bracino stephanie is at hello cookie and bob
4: Bob Ryer at Trucking
2: Awesome. And uh next week, another big show. Um we're gonna be reviewing Deadpool. Oh. The feature film. I think I think Joey is not with us next week. Is that correct? Not well, next week I'm there. Oh, you are here next week. Nice. Yep. All right. So um we'll be reviewing Deadpool next week. Um it's gonna be a big show. We're trying to make it even bigger, but we're not uh, that's just they're just very nascent plans at, at the moment. But uh but still. It's in the wind. But stay tuned, guys, because we have an awesome interview coming up. Uh, Kelly Sue Matt Fraction. uh, It's run by our our very own Bob Reier. Hope you enjoy. And uh, thank you for listening to Talking Comics. Here comes the interview.
4: Tonight, we're thrilled to have with us Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction, whose works include Captain Marvel and Hawkeye at Marvel and Pretty Deadly, Sex Criminals, Bitch Planet, and Odyssey for Image, and who collaborate on being the parents of Tallulah Louise and Henry Leo. So thank you for being with us tonight.
5: You're very welcome. Thank Thank you for having us.
4: Yeah, hey, first time as a couple, so I'm gonna ask a couple-y kind of question here. Uh, Do either of you ever sort of kibitz into each other's work, look over the shoulder and
5: yeah it's um i mean not not quite like that uh you know for one thing we work in two different offices but um but but we do I and mean, we kind of have a line about this uh i think it's still true it's less and of, less true as less time and goes true. On. Uh, but um
6: we've never actually met we're in separate offices as well in yeah. separate parts of the country it's but that line of duct tape. It's on elaborate ruse
5: no that part's not But, um, uh, we'll, so I, I will generally go to him with craft questions, um, very often about pacing. It's usually like I'm, I've written myself into a corner. Right. I have,
6: I have have four pages and I have four pages of page and eight pages of story.
5: Right. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so it's usually like a talk to the duck kind of thing, but, um, uh, but yeah, he's he's really good at this. So, uh, uh, Susie, so I usually go to him with with craft press questions, and he usually comes to me with uh, ta- what do we call it? Taste.
6: Taste. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but now I, I sort of have realized that if I'm getting up out of the chair to come ask, the answer is no. Is no. <laughs> like, I, I've never once come to her and said, "Is this out of line?" And she go. No, I think that is an entirely reasonable response. So I've just started to try and save her time by realizing that if my my cheeks leave the seat, then
4: then it's a no. Okay. So what was what was then the craziest thing that Kelly Sue said? No, this is not too out of bounds to use.
6: Oh, she's never said it.
4: Okay. <laughs> never. Ever. Ever. No. No.
6: No. I'm really what I'm really doing is I'm. I say it's questions of taste, but I think what I'm doing is I'm asking permission to be a dick. (laughs) She's like, don't 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 be a dick. I'm like, oh okay, okay. Right? Is that
5: Yeah. Um
6: Oh no, wait. There was one thing one time, and I was furious, and you were too, and I was like, I'm gonna blah blah blah. And you were like, Yeah, you should do that. I was like, wait, really? Yeah. uh,
5: Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, they don't I don't remember remember what it was. And even
6: if we could, we probably couldn't say
5: it was about. Um uh and then there's been dumb stuff like you know, hey, I need a designer.
6: Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um,
5: I want She-Hulk to make a reference to a right designer for her suit. Right, whose suit would She-Hulk wear? That kind of thing. That's a good that's question, though. Not everyone would have the answer to that. So that's we went nice. with Stella McCartney, I think. Yeah. Power suit. Yeah.
6: But not like a mom power suit. Right. Because <laughs> the thing is, I can say things like that, and Kel will understand. I don't just need the name of a, of a woman who designs suits for women. I need yeah. it very specific, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this wouldn't be a, a, a Christian Laboutin
4: shoe. What kind of shoe would it be? Right. You know? Yeah. Mm. Now, considering how closely it seems you are working together, even with these separate offices... Would there be something you'd ever want to really collaborate on? Sit in the same room and try to hash it out, or you we
5: just did that we, for we the first did. time. Hey, yeah, just... we just did a television pilot, um, and uh, it was the first thing we've written together
6: consciously from moment one.
5: Yeah, awesome. and uh, so it was a little scary because it was like, "Whoa, yeah, I hope this works." Um, <laughs> but it was great. Yep, still married. Yep, woohoo. <laughs>
4: Now, can you tell us anything about it, or is it too soon in the process? We don't want to jinx anything here, so...
5: Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a... Uh,
6: it wasn't... It, it's not an original idea. Uh, it didn't... It was... It was. Uh, we were tasked to the job. It's not based on one of our books or anything like that.
5: It was brought to us, so we kind of did it on assignment, uh, but we were both really excited about it, um, and there were characters in it that particularly particularly appealed to both of us for different reasons that's kind of is I, I think, that's think that's as specific all we can talk about. as we yeah. can get
4: okay now considering the we a couple of questions here we now that you have the milk uh, milk fed criminal masterminds inc empire having begun uh, mm-hmm. uh i know bobby is interested in
5: empire watch- say that again empire, empire. let it
4: <laughs> no, it's not related to the Assassinations Bureau Limited by any chance, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's not really criminal. No. We can, okay, so that's good right away. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: Now, it's how does it begin the, the process actually, if you?
6: We're not actually masterminds.
4: Uh, I d- uh, will. We I think our we on our listeners would disagree with that part, but you know.
5: No, well, no, no, no! It really, says it on our checks.
6: Really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And are the little asterisks on our checks next to the business name?
5: And it says, not actual criminals, not actual masterminds. <laughs> and I used to, for briefly there for a while, like right after my pregnancy, I was uh, lactose intolerant as well. So oh. the whole there, thing there was even, a lie. It was all
4: a fiction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all lies is, is now with an asterisk. What, uh, obviously, with so much going on, you, you then begin to bring other people on to help you out with this. You know, you've Kit and other folks. How did that? begin, and in that, as a follow-up, I'll do it myself, in that process, and how do you select now what's going to come into fruition to, to make your next project, to do for television or movies or so on?
5: Um, so, yeah, we we, we needed help because uh, we, we were drowning.
6: We, and We were suddenly on the hook for a whole lot of writing, and uh, uh, if you're running a company from, you know, your basement... You can either run your company or you can write, but it kind of gets harder and harder to do both, especially if you have kids. Um, so we I mean, we just quite simply needed to staff up. We needed to take uh, some of this money Universal decided we were worth and uh, use it in the employ of uh, people who were smarter and better at this stuff than us so we could take all the credit and look like we know what we're doing.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah, so we hired people we like. I um,
6: worked Lauren Sankovic at Marvel for years, and and th- thought it was really Marvel's loss that she uh, uh, had had headed west uh, to LA. Uh, 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 and
5: we heard she was entertaining offers. we were like, oh, oh we pick jumped, us, pick yeah, us! Yeah, we
6: absolutely jumped on it. Um,
5: and then uh.
6: I don't uh, think Kit
5: particularly wanted a job, but... uh, (laughs) Well,
6: we won her uh, on eBay.
5: Yeah.
6: (laughs) We had to figure out. Highest
5: bidder. Yeah.
6: Well, it was a a buy-it-now thing. You know, we didn't want to get sniped at the last minute.
5: So, no, I think she was entertaining moving to this part of the world... And, uh, and in her
6: previous job, did sort of exactly the the kind of stuff we needed somebody to do. So it, it was a natural, a very natural extension, a very natural fit.
3: You wooed her. You were like, "Come to Portland."
5: Yeah, we we're actually a little bossier than that, but yes.
3: That I'm I'm Canadian, so like I just like whittle it down to being like super polite.
5: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. we were like, <laughs> Seattle sucks. You want to go yeah. to Portland? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have to throw in, like, an A or something, but more yeah. or less. Mm-hmm. You want
5: to go to Portland, please?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're sorry if it's not as great, but we're pretty sure it's okay.
5: <laughs> you guys. It's only slightly
3: south of Canada. It's right there. You know? I like Portland. I like Portland. It's exactly as weird as you would expect. Uh, so, Matt, for you, what was the importance of you leaving social media? And Kelly Sue, what was the importance of you staying
5: Oh well, just Twitter. He just left Twitter. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean- I was—I was never on Facebook.
6: I was browbeaten into a Friendster account,
3: <laughs> and I
6: hated it so much that I swore like never again.
3: That's fair. And
6: like, I, I never had. That was it. Like, friend, like that was it. I thought Friendster. And I, I, I declared early on that not having a Facebook was the new Facebook, and you know, at this point, everybody hates Facebook. So, well, I what would be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? you win. So, yeah, so I win. Um, <laughs> let's see. I do not believe that Twitter has its users' interests at heart, is the short version. Okay. Um, I think this thing they've announced today is a band on a gunshot wound, which is certainly better than what they had been doing. And I live in hope that they're able to get their act together. Um, but I felt... Repulsed by the notion of encouraging anyone to use that service or to keep any of those people employed. Um, and Tumblr is rapidly uh, uh, getting there too. When um, these companies start off amazing as, as these kind of amazing communication tools, but then are bought by massive communication conglomerates, their issues are no, their, their, their interests are no longer in providing. Spaces for their users, but accruing numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year ago, Twitter's uh, uh, third quarter uh, 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 profits were down um, like a quarter of a billion dollars off of what their estimates were. Um, and the, the stock dropped like 30% overnight. And I read that and I couldn't help but wonder where that money came from. Because I've never paid to use Twitter, right? You've never used, paid to use Twitter, it's all advertising, right? They're, they're generating eyeballs. They need numbers. They need to say, hey, uh, uh, Columbia Music, if you, you know, let us license, leverage your brands across our vertically integrated social channels, we can promise you 30,000 page views or whatever. You know, it's all about moving numbers. And um, over the course of a week, you know, I had the little blue check early on um, because somebody had been impersonating me. So um, um, they gave me a little blue check mark to make that hard, I guess. And but you know, so and, and there's a time where I could report abuse, and it would be sort of dealt with immediately. Like there's a kind of trust with that came with like the blue check mark or whatever. And I reported um, in quick succession um, someone who threatened to rape and murder a game reviewer who did not care for uh, a game quite as much as this particular person uh, did a bot that would automatically target accounts using Ferguson or black lives matter hashtags with, uh, jokes, uh, quote unquote jokes, uh, entirely predicated on, uh, 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 uh using the N word in the punchline and, um, a so-called journalist who was blackmailing, uh, a rape victim, um, into, if you is saying, if you don't, um, give me an interview, I'm going to leak all of you, I'm going to dox you uh, in no uncertain terms, um, which is like straight up illegal uh, in California where Twitter is based and thus all of their, their legal statutes are generated like that. I'm not a lawyer, but I can read. And I actually pulled up the California law and like, nope, that's that's straight up blackmail. That's That is a, that is a, that is a felony right there. So I reported these three things uh, to Twitter, and I'm sorry this story is so long. I, re- I heard back from Twitter that, um, you know, Twitter is an open community with a lot of different voices and a lot of different perspectives. And just like I might hear something that offends me at the grocery store, I might read something that offends me on Twitter. But nothing that I pointed out uh, uh, indicated a violation of their terms of service. And I decided that if that was the kind of community – that they fostered uh, in the same way that I wouldn't go to a grocery store where I overheard uh, jokes with the N-word uh, <laughs> right. uh, by the customers. And, and you know, uh, I, I wouldn't shop there. I, I didn't want to be a part of Twitter anymore. I couldn't live with the, I, I just didn't, it made me feel gross to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 so, uh, so yeah, so I left.
3: So was it wasn't necessarily
6: something. And, oh. and what was important was it, I was able to not hate myself for that anymore, so that was important. But like I mean, Twitter, you see, just like made a me... lot
3: of stuff with, like for instance, like Dan Slott interacting with um, fans. So like I was kind of curious as to whether it had something to do with something like that. But that's obviously like your deal was more with the bigger picture as opposed yeah, to I mean, the users.
6: I had like sixty thousand followers, and like people would come on to Twitter and say, I'm here to talk to you or whatever. And like the idea that I was bringing people into this community uh, and could not guarantee their protection as a part of it bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, especially with things like sex criminals, where a lot of people marginalized by the mainstream of society for a lot of different reasons, reach out and share their stories with us. Um, I didn't want to be responsible for... Some kid thinking, I found my tribe, I found my people and coming to talk to us only to then have to deal with, you know, harassment that wouldn't be dealt with by uh, by Twitter, because the minute they stop canceling accounts, they start losing numbers. And that's all that matters to them. Yeah. And now, look, this week, they the dude was is is up against the wall because they were going to fuck everything up and everyone went nuts. And now suddenly they've released this uh, this deputy Twitter patrol. Uh, uh, which is the most flagrant pay-no-attention-to-that-man-behind-the-curtain move at buying-back-public-goodwill.
5: You are so...
6: <laughs> Am I wrong?
5: You are so projecting motives. You hate when people do this to us. That is absolutely unfair. Okay. Um, uh, welcome to our living room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it, it, it's fair to take your stand... It's fair to say you don't want to be a part of something that you that you when you think people are unsafe, it is unfair to project motives. OK, um, and, and I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I that's.
3: But what about for you, Kelly Sue? Like, I mean, obviously, Matt has some strong feelings towards Twitter um, mm-hmm. and you have a very strong presence on there as well did any of that play into whether or not you would stay on board or was being online something that you felt you wanted to keep doing regardless?
5: It doesn't feel like a compromise to me. Um, Yeah. My,
6: my motives are not her motives. My, my feelings are not her feelings. She's not, she doesn't feel the same way I do, but has decided it's it's acceptable. You know, I'm, I'm really just speaking uh, for myself. My, uh, my, my retweet was not an endorsement as it were.
5: Yeah. Um, I, I think Twitter does, uh, more to elevate voices than it does. Uh, I I think there are a, a lot, it has done a lot more to give voice to people who, who haven't had voices in the past. I think something like, the uh, Black Lives, the Black Lives so. Matter, um, or uh, any of a number of movements that have been fostered on Twitter, and suddenly, because of uh, the kind of egalitarian way in which it is structured, they have uh, power and they're listened to. Um, I, for, for me, that is, uh, worth the occasional, uh, numbnut calling me a cunt. Um, but, uh, but I don't, again, it's not, I don't, did we lose you? Are you there?
4: No, we're here. No, okay. we're here. Sorry. We're <laughs> attention.
5: Okay. Um, uh.
6: That's a great point. That's an absolutely fantastic point.
5: Um, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's a. It it is. I re- respect Matt's stance. I respect his position, um, uh, and I support him up until the up,
6: up until I start to vilify people I don't know.
5: <laughs> yes. Um,
6: how, how, how dare you not let me render them into cartoons, that. Must, must yeah. So,
5: you know. Um, but uh, uh, but but for me, the 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 math is a little different. Um, uh, and. You know, I don't I don't know if it's fair to call white women terrifically marginalized. Um, uh, you know, we're 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 fairly. Fairly privileged, um, but.
3: We're also not white men.
5: Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it is. Uh, my voice has more power on Twitter than it has in a meeting room. Mm-hmm.
6: Very uh, true. Absolutely true. And yeah. maybe that's it, maybe that's it too. Like, like at the end of the day, like I don't know that Twitter is necessarily hurt for another white guy in media not having a, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm I don't know that anything's particularly.
5: Um, but I mean, I, I get it, and I respect it, and uh...
6: it also makes me feel better. I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, uh, uh terrifically. I'm not a big fan of fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it just, it just, it, it's a feeling I don't like. That's sort of like, oh, someone on the internet is wrong. I hate that feeling. <laughs> um, Which is basically the internet. A little blue check mark and 60,000 followers, you're punching down mm-hmm. almost always, mm-hmm. you know? Um, um, and two, like, I'm a fan. I started on the other side of the glass counter for God's sake. Like, We should be allowed places to go and talk shit about comics we don't like (laughs) without worrying about the authors, the creators coming in and I'm actually you, you know?
3: Well, that's what Portland's uh, for uh, now, right? uh, I should be,
6: everyone should be able to talk about how much X-Men sucks without worrying about the X-Men writers saying, fuck yourself. I work really hard. (laughs) Like we all started talking shit about the X-Men in comic shops. It's what happens. Yes. It was the first podcast. You stood at a counter and you bitched all day. It was great. (laughs) Four people listened, the four guys at the shop. And we liked it. But, you know, but you didn't have to worry about Chris Claremont showing up, and you know, for an example. I didn't have to worry about Chris Claremont showing up and making fun of me.
4: This is a great comedy routine right here. Can you imagine? right? Four guys standing around a comic shop and the writer shows up. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of related, I guess. But, you know, with, with so much uh, Kelly Sue since uh, Captain Marvel's relaunch, and there's certainly been a lot of positive changes in the industry. But then some get slammed as the internet goes all over the place as, as it usually does um but so many positive changes in terms of representation of female characters and restoration of a more balanced readership have we wait restoration a... i like Resto- how you put that restoration thank you
6: did i did i did i enter into some sort of buck rogers-esque uh, sleep for 500 years and miss a time when <laughs> what are we restoring?
5: No, no, no. Back no. He's, through, he's, back through the 50s. Right. 60s, and 70s. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, women used to read comics and then left comics. This is a talking point that I've made many times. No,
4: I, 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 okay, I gotcha. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, I kind of have we, are we sort of getting to a, a point of critical mass where we can expect this to keep moving forward or where we we need to keep at this? Yeah, no, it's never done.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure what you mean. Keep at it. It's a like,
4: self-sustaining reaction that it's now we we've got the fans are starting to finally realize that it's better that everyone's reading, and that every, you know that all sections of art the readership can be represented, and it doesn't turn into this
6: debate. I have, I have a really cynical approach to this. So like, I think the readership always knew. They just weren't being sold to, you know, Ah, I think it's, 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 it's a finance. I think, I think the trick is it being powerful enough and, and, and for it to generate enough revenue to stop being used as a, as a marketing gimmick and start being used as a genuine policy, as a genuine perspective change, you know? Sure. Um, um, and it seems like things are heading in a great direction right now. Um, but as you put it, th- if this is a restoration, you know, it's it's not like we haven't blown this before. Very true. Um, um, and I, 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 I'm, or maybe cynical is the wrong word, pessimistic, but like I would, I, I hope it continues and continues and continues and continues and, and just stops being the exception entirely. Mm-hmm. I meant that bigger companies are seeing returns in that department, so they're going to keep exploring. Right. Um, because no company has ever done the right thing because it was the right thing. That's not the job of a company. True. Right? Yes. A company with shareholders doesn't exist to be morally upright. It exists to enrich the lives of the shareholders. Sure. Um, And comics are a place now where we've been able to reach out to this alienated, uh, um, uh, expelled audience. Great work. You know? and, And there is great work comics are better now than they've ever been um and and are starting to represent some of the very many voices and perspectives that 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 read comics and want comics which is which is great but i, I didn't mean it like oh it's just marketing i mean okay it shouldn't be <laughs> I my, my, my fear is that you know
4: yeah, it, it can go away as soon as it came. Yeah, back. Yeah, 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 People,
6: uh, w- w- women, people of color, people of of of, of p- not white guys are not like variant covers. It's not a, you know what I mean. It's not like a boom. It's not like
4: a, a gimmick. Start. We're starting to move forward finally, and it's just are we in a place where it will continue to move forward by being pushed and driven, or that it's finally to the point where. It'll happen more organically that we're to that place finally, where it's the way it was, where comics were always for everyone.
5: I, I don't know. I don't. It seems to me it is happening organically. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I'm writing the books that I'm interested in reading, and putting them out, and that's kind of all I'm. That's all I do. Sure. Um. And I couldn't do that differently, if I wanted to. Perfect. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that there's a. I mean, I don't. I don't know that there's like a a, a a hand of God force that's coming in and making things different right now. That we could say, okay, go ahead and sit down. I, I don't know who's doing that. If they are doing it, then. That's great, but I don't know that person.
4: Okay, Do you know so, what I it's, mean? so it's right. So movement without it being a movement in essence, it's just happening as it builds itself, sort of. Well,
5: that's what movements are. There you go. I mean, um, you know, I mean, there's comics are not alone in, uh, you know, comics are reflective of culture. They always have been, they always will be because of our, the only thing faster than us is the web. Um, we are fast and cheap. Um, which was get A t-shirt made like that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so no one can be a television show cannot be as responsive as a comic book can because we can go to press faster. Um, uh, a movie cannot, you know, we're less expensive um, and our turnaround time is insanely fast. So we have been, and always will be more reflective of culture than anything else besides the web. Um, and, uh, and there's a, and the web is another, there's a lot of web comics, you know? Um, so, uh, I I don't think that there's anything particularly unique happening in comics that isn't happening in every single other industry and political realm. Um, This is not, you know, that's the same as like, I'm, I'm constantly boggled by the question, what is it like to work in a male dominated industry?
6: Every industry is a male-dominated Someone
5: tell me what is it like to work in an industry that isn't male-dominated, because there isn't one. Um, even nurses and hairdressers and teachers that are largely staffed by women, the top earners are all male. Yeah. So I don't know what this other planet is where I should have a perspective to compare it to. <laughs> You know, like, I, I don't know, I've never not been a woman and I've never worked in an industry that wasn't male dominated. So I have nothing to compare it to. So let me just continue to do the job I love. Amen. Um, you know, so it's, it, it, I don't know that, um, I don't know that there's anything particularly unique Happening in in in, in fact, I, I I guess I clearly feel that what is happening in comics is not at all unique. Um, uh, I I think it is very much happening across our culture, but we are steeped in comics. That's our thing, so we see it biggest here.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're the prow of this ship, moving forward, getting things going. So that's that's yeah, and
5: always happen, always happen.
4: Hmm. Stephanie, you have something in this vein, I believe?
5: Maybe.
3: Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I, I don't know which question you were specifically oh, speaking um,
4: of. Uh, work most proud of.
3: Oh, yeah. So uh, for both of you, obviously, you've had a lot of really epic projects. Um, so what works are you most proud of, respectively, like to date?
5: Oh, that's so hard. (laughs) That's, um, uh, this is such a cliche answer, but, um, I mean, it's like picking a favorite child, you know, (laughs) there are, um, uh, there are different things in different books that I'm most proud of. I mean, the, the, the creator owned books are, are the nearest and dearest to my heart because, because I've been in since the ground floor, uh, but you know, I'm 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 proud of what we did with Captain Marvel. We um,
3: uh, literally started like a whole movement with that book. She and had people up.
6: She had people dressing up in McKelvey's costume before the issue had come out.
5: Yeah,
3: <laughs>
6: I'd never seen anything like it.
5: It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was cool. And those people mean a lot to me. And I had uh, a a really wonderful, rich and rewarding few years. And and then, you know, got to pass the baton at a really great time to a really great team. Um, So I feel very good about that. Um, uh, I feel really good about whatever small role Captain Marvel may have played in opening the door for uh, Kamala and Ms. Marvel. And that book is tremendous. Um, uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, pretty deadly is this strange and beautiful creature that um, that challenges me constantly, and I and I love it, and I love our team so much, and I feel like the second arc is better than the first, which in, in now I'm like, wow, is the third arc going to be better than the second, you know, <laughs> like, um, um, I'm starting to research the sec, the third arc and, and we know what we want to do there and I'm really excited about it. And I, I feel like I'm like, I'm understanding how that book wants to be written now. Um, and you know, Emma just cranks up her game constantly. Every time you think she can't, grow in, in, in a way that is going to be surprising because she's just too close to the top to get any better. She pole vaults, you know? Um, and that is such a gift to be able to work with her, you know? Um, and then Val and bitch planet, bitch planet is like, it's a, you know, if, if pretty deadly is like, is this, beautiful and sort of delicate thing
6: it's like one of those corpse flowers
5: yeah like one of those weird orchids
6: that smell like meat yeah
5: yeah 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 pretty deadly is that bitch planet is like uh bitch planet is a brawler you know bitch planet is like so gruff and so um inelegant and and rough and 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 I love her entirely differently um and I'm proud of her courage and her ugliness and her uh like toothless smile you know <laughs> wow.
3: I know Val also has like such a like strong connection to that where we talked to him a little while back on Misfits and he was talking about um you know, not wanting to sell those pages. Like he's like, those are my babies. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not ready to get rid of that stuff yet. It's like, I, it's, it's sitting in a book, but it's like things that I created.
4: Yeah, it's, no,
5: it's, it's, that's a really special feeling.
3: Yeah. I mean, everyone on that team is amazing too. I mean, how you, oh, yeah. I can see why it would be a dilemma to pick
5: just one. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't, it's, it's, it's such different Relationships, you know, and like, um, and and shit, uh, uh, Avengers Assemble was so fun, I yeah. had so much fun on that book. And Stefano Caselli is hilarious, um, <laughs> and you know, there was a, a, a real joy in just writing silly, you know, like Don't we tried to be about yourself. something as well, but but. But it was just this this sort of like let's just have fun and be delightful, you know?
3: Totally. I mean, I feel like you have to shake it up a bit. Like you don't wanna just be like your writing is like a a, a part of you and like you don't wanna be serious all the time. You don't wanna yeah. be funny all the time. You're like, you like you gotta put a little bit of each of you like aspect out there.
5: Yeah. I think mean, it's it's um it feels like an actor managing their career. Like you don't want to, you be want, cast. yeah, you, you, you want to stay true to, you know, you're going to have these, these same themes that you return to over and over again, just because that's kind of the nature of making art. But, um, uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to write the same book in different for different writers. I mean, for different uh, uh, artists. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Matt, how about for you? you, One time, I wrote Cyclops
6: wearing a jetpack. That was pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Memories, (laughs) memories.
3: Very cool. That seemed like, yeah.
5: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And then did he? Somebody punched a bear. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) While saying, "Oh my God, y'all! I'm punching a bear."
5: Yeah.
6: (laughs) See, because it's words and pictures, comics.
3: <laughs> I feel like that's like reminiscent of like Nick Cage in The Wicker Man, except he was dressed as a bear and punching a lady. But yeah.
2: Same, same thing, absolutely. Same thing. Hey, can't <laughs> flip oh, exactly. I just flipped it.
3: I reminiscent. Exactly. I didn't say it was the same
5: thing. <laughs> <Right on. laughs>
4: well, as, as long as we're now into movies, the Oscars are coming. Every uh, Favorite movies? What do you think? I, this maybe. year, any year?
6: I didn't see shit this year. Yeah, I saw, I I saw Fury Road and The Martian. That's
4: and I it, liked man.
6: Fury Road, but not as much as everybody else.
5: Um, I, I don't know that I've seen anything that's nominated for anything. I don't even know what's nominated. So yeah, I saw Bridges. So yeah. I am on the cutting edge. My fingers are on the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't make movies, so... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what
4: About um,
5: old time then. We to see something, right? We well, let's see. We we saw. Eight, oh wait, Eight. we saw Big Short. Big Short. Is Big Short nominated? It yeah, is. I, yes. Yes.
6: Out of what I've seen, Short.
5: Big Short is fantastic. Um, we saw Big Short and we saw Hateful Eight, and
6: I saw Bridge of Spies, which, um, if it had ended on the bridge, would have been amazing. But then it went on for 10 more minutes. Uh, and The Martian was a movie I saw. Well,
5: <laughs> we saw. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Shogun Assassin uh, was really fantastic. Not eligible. But enough, not uh, eligible. yeah, that's <laughs> from the 80s. So. All right. It's not... <laughs> pa- well, apparently, make exceptions.
3: not. It's like your personal favorites that you got a chance to actually sit down and
5: watch. <laughs> yeah, we we saw them on the big screen because um
6: there's a really great uh there's a
3: theater there that does like a ton of old yeah. movies like yeah, in
6: fact uh, it's got the biggest 70 millimeter screen in the country.
3: Yeah I feel like when I was in Portland I saw Alien on the big screen there.
6: That sounds about right.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. The Hollywood Yeah it it was awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's a really... We're, we're members. <laughs>
4: oh! It's capital M, members, no less. I yeah. like it. Mm. Now, if, y- if you were going to have one of your works then adapted to a movie, today, in the past, what would it be and who would you want to make it?
5: Mm. Well, I mean, that's hard right now because we're in the television business, so...
4: <laughs> So we'll go back yeah. we'll go backwards.
5: Yeah. Uh so yeah. So right now I'm right now I'm feeling the T V love. Um which okay. I mean makes a lot of sense when comics are kind of the same format. Sure. Roughly. You know, that that sort of ongoing. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I don't know, sort of the episodic Roger- Yeah. Um,
5: I don't know, the
4: Roger Corman version of Bitch Planet maybe? <laughs>
5: No! no. no yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> that's the wrong
6: version of that.
5: Yeah, there
4: you go. That's uh, why I threw it out
6: there.
5: Uh, 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 yeah, Lexi Alexander is the only one who springs to mind, but... Okay. Um, but, I, yeah, I feel like it... it I don't know. And it, like, like uh, the, the Grace Jones version.
4: I like that. Yes. Yeah.
5: Does she direct? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm sure she could. <laughs> Definitely think she could. There we go. Um, yeah. Is there a person in comics from the long ago or more recent past who you guys felt might have been a touched on someone who said, wow, that's that's someone doing comics the right way, where you'd say, mm, I need to take a look at that a little bit. So many. Yeah, it's a very long list.
5: Um, uh, you know, Warren Ellis uh, is is made wildly uncomfortable when I talk uh, about him. Uh, <laughs> so let's do go on. Um, Please do. But, Didn't you guys uh,
3: meet in a Warren Ellis forum? We
5: did, yeah.
3: Um,
6: the, the, not a, the. The, sorry, products. sorry. Please, please come on. We weren't some animals hanging out at <laughs> I'm sorry. For God's sake, come
5: on. <laughs> yeah,
3: now, uh, standards, I understand. I'm sorry. Yes,
6: please, we, we met on lonelynerd.com, not. Uh...
5: <laughs> but yeah, Warren's great. Uh, he's in- incredibly gifted and incredibly analytical about his work and his process uh and i i really enjoy that um uh who else is a big thinky comics maker um rucka
6: amen
4: to that
5: um
6: jaime and gilbert hernandez are remain the high water mark for me they were when i was 17 and they are now that i'm 40 um, um, um and they they have not stopped uh, having new thoughts and I challenge anyone to have a 30 year career in comics and make comics differently uh, uh, consistently like they do and better like they do. Um, they are there. Uh, and if everybody uh, uh, read, actually read the Hernandez brothers, it says they've read the Hernandez brothers. The Hernandez brothers would never have to work again, <laughs> never have to make other <laughs> comics, but they're like, uh, they're like the, uh, there, there 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 should be statues there should be institutes of study
5: um, Howard Chakin is a big Chaykin. one for you too Yeah, shake for sure yeah um, and uh, uh, Gaiman, I love um, even, even
6: when I don't I mean this is this is super cliche but even when I don't particularly respond to the story i love alan moore's intelligence mm-hmm. as a creator and the way he I, I wish i responded more to the stories more consistently and more often and more thoroughly but um you know, i like watching him play you know one of my favorite uh, you know, he's got a couple of short story collections one from 2000 ad and one from dc that are one of my favorites just to see what he does with like four pages or two pages you know mm-hmm
4: yeah, they um, just adapted uh, one of his things for the latest supergirl episode. and it it did it still plays well. You know it, it can be swapped out and its just the the emotions of it are there. I look I look forward to hearing
6: about his angry online screens.
0: And <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah 0 star review
4: yeah. <laughs> of the show that must not be named. you know I feel like something. he it's would have like an
3: have you ever seen those like Amazon reviews like that they post? Um, I don't know, like all over the place. I take like snippets of bad reviews and like they're like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of one, um
1: of Wall like, Street.
3: Yeah, there was like, it'd be like, there's no wolves in this movie, one star. I'd give it zero if oh, oh yeah, yeah, the terrible Amazon reviews. Yes. yes, yes, no yeah, I feel like Alan Moore would like enjoy that. like he would be a part of that. <laughs>
5: I want to,
6: I, I was trying to convince uh, a friend of mine who's a, a professor in English at the University of Oregon to put together a book that's like two and a half star reviews of great works of literature. <laughs> That'd be great. Like Hamlet. It's pretty good, I guess. It's
3: you overrated.
6: Speak, you know, like it's just, just a collection of meh reviews mm-hmm. to the greatest works <laughs> yeah. that art man has produced.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Henry yeah.
2: James, medium talent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> may make it in the biz
5: exactly uh,
4: there's, a, there's a book from years and years ago Diana Rigg compiled awful reviews from other great actors and it was called No Turn Unstoned
5: oh that's great
4: Yeah, uh, I, I saw her actually do a reading of the book where she was reading you know, terrible reviews of her own work and she read uh, it was a review of Catherine Hepburn by Dorothy Parker for, it was a play called The Lake I believe it was that was Miss Hepburn ran the gamut of emotions from A to B. Yeah. yeah from A to B and back again. <laughs> yeah.
5: It's like, oh, Yeah, there's a, uh, she has, a Dorothy Parker's another one. Uh, it was a child actor that said, uh, uh, two things should be cut, the second act and the child's throat.
4: <laughs> oh, Mrs. Parker.
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was a member of the Dorothy Parker Society when I lived in uh, New York.
4: I still am, as a matter of
5: fact. Uh, right on.
4: Yeah, we've we've. I had a stole couple of th- silver from the
6: Algonquin once. I <laughs> thought about flower, that. I mean, I stole some flatware from the Algonquin, so you know, I'm pretty classy. <laughs> uh,
4: over the last couple of years at the uh, NYCC, we try to make ourselves have a little meetup at at the Algonquin and sit around and. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just it, it's fun though. Uh, Matilda the cat is now only behind the counter. Somebody complained. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's like oh, stop.
5: People ruin everything.
4: I know. She it's Matilda. She's a catch. What could what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, Speaking of sort of New York things, uh, Kelly Sue uh, Bitch Planet made the uh, some sort of cosmopolitan list. Yeah. <laughs> what is your feeling? Yeah,
6: Cosmopolitan's of- most ironic list of 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, uh, that was kind of hilarious.
6: But doesn't, doesn't that scream of like someone going crazy in their job and yeah. like just just like waiting, like like maybe this will be the thing that gets me fired. Maybe this will be like like what can I slip in?
5: Yeah, no, I mean it, it's it was uh, you know I have a, a copy of uh, Helen Gurley Brown's Having It All, um, and it is uh, what it is a treasure. Um, uh, and I use it a lot for Bitch Planet looking for things to loop, lampoon. Um, that... And uh, my favorite is a line where uh, she says, uh, Dieting is not only healthy, it's moral. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah.
4: Uh, that needs to be a t shirt for sale on the back of a Bitch Planet issue.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, no question.
5: The thing is that, like, like, I can't I can't do worse than what she said with a straight face. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's a certain, no, she's horrible. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I tried to try in there for a second to appreciate it on some level, but no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah. Yeah. shit. <laughs> And It she was the
5: product of her time. She meant well, I'm sure. She gave him like, like the Nazis. Evil fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we were
4: just trying to make the trains on time. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, um, I don't know where to go after that. Um. So, That's, I does anyone chance. have any last a, well, question before we? Close off this process?
2: Bob, I think you should just ask the chip question really quickly because I think that's a pretty quick fire question. Oh, okay. Chip Sadarsky,
4: man, myth, or legend?
5: All of the above. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, uh, sort of. uh, He's like Candyman. (laughs) Like, Like you say his name like three times and (laughs) it'll show up. It's great. (laughs) Uh, And Virginia Madsen was in him once. (laughs) <laughs> that's a Candyman joke yes it is, yes, it is. <laughs>
5: um, wow. he's coming to hang out with us this weekend yeah,
6: me and Chip in fact are going to have to go pick up all of Tula's Girl Scout cookies <laughs> so please look forward to a, a weekend of uh, a fabulous gay dad tweets uh, from Chip as Chip and I play my two dads with the kids and I drive them around in a minivan doing dad shit
5: <laughs> oh uh, you You're really have Canada. to do a photo essay of you and chip picking up yeah. the, the not, not, uh, uh, did,
6: did, did you not listen that I No, just said I, that I, I literally i i yeah no i am i'm how can I, I, not? I
5: am so in oh yeah that.
6: and then i want to drive to a mall with like i want to bury chip in cookie boxes uh-huh. and just like drive by and like hey girl and <laughs> <laughs> <Get> them tag along <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't imagine oh. a better way to end. this. No, I,
4: I think that's where we are. Where can we reach you, good folks? If people want to look on the internets for... Okay.
6: Starting uh, starting Sunday, Chip and
4: I will be in the Mama County Jail. <laughs> 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 put a file into those cookies and we'll be good to go.
5: Is that going to be uh, Chip's next I convention know, location? Like, is he going to put up his banner? At K-E-L-L-Y-S-U-E and on Tumblr, kellysue.tumblr.com.
6: And Matt, fraction.com is me. All right.
4: That is awesome. There's no
5: E in Tumblr. I don't know why.
4: (laughs) I've always wondered about that.
5: I don't know. The the internet doesn't like E's. Flickr, Tumblr, Blurblur. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why Twitter has an E. Like, they didn't get the memo. Yeah.
4: Yeah. We'll have to restart Twitter without it.
2: That's That's it. That's really why Matt left. That's really why Matt left.
5: And he (laughs) took (laughs) the (laughs) E. (laughs) <laughs> All right. All right, you guys.
4: Thank you. Right, thank, thank you so you much. So thank much, you so much. And Matt Fraction. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <sighs> Bye-bye.
6: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.
5: be able to get home safely.
4: We're, we stayed home. We stayed we home.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And
3: strangely enough, I'm in Canada where it's raining.
5: Suck it. <laughs> and we're in where, where it's not raining. Weirdly. Look at that.
3: <laughs> it's just weird weather all around. We've done like a, a like um, flip flops, m- yeah. musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, we've started naming winter storms, apparently. We just had winter storm Mars. Now it's winter storm Nacio.
5: Wow. What are you yeah, naming them after?
4: <laughs> I don't know. It was Nemo a couple uh, of years ago, which was not good.
1: 80s pop stars, I think. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> so next uh, coming up is, I guess, Rico Suave or something, right? Yeah.
3: Yep. I like it. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Is, are, is that supposed to make, like, the storm sound intimidating? It's like I'm conflicted.
4: <laughs> I think it's actually for insurance purposes, so you can actually figure out which ones are which.
6: Oh. When, they,
4: when they destroy your house, you can now gotcha. say, well, Nacio did it. Hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that.
2: It's the storms trying to disarm you with like their, their sort of fun names. <laughs>
0: I know? Hey, uh, Bobby.
2: Why don't
3: think they name them after villains? I don't know. Like That seems like go. the... Winter Storm Brainiac.
2: People get panicked enough. I don't think if they named it villains, it would just be all out bedlam. Yes, Steve. Sorry.
0: Uh, so things are look to be heating up downstairs in the yoga studio. Oh, nice. So if suddenly <laughs> you get any kind of like unwanted noise, let me know, and I'll I'll bow what? out for the time being.
2: Okay. Wait so
4: a minute. Is she it, waited, she yoga, waited. for the how loud time.
2: Can
0: it be?
3: <laughs> is you oh, yoga you'd supposed be to be peaceful
4: and calm and you know serene.
3: What yeah, I'm like, what kind of yoga studio do you have going on? It's, it's Are we like sure is this like an air quotes yoga
2: studio? Oh, kickboxing. Okay. Yeah, it's a uh, kickboxing
0: studio uh, too. So it's battle yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's got those like standalone heavy bags, so every time one of them is is kicked or punched, it, it shakes the foundation of the building.
2: Gotcha.
5: Yeah, there is apparently competitive yoga, which I find odd.
0: Really? Yeah.
5: That yeah. seems
2: antithetical to what okay. yoga is supposed it to be. It does, about.
5: doesn't it? <laughs>
3: it's like getting, like, really intense with your warrior pose. Yeah.
0: My dog is more downward than yours. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe it's like twisters.